This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to episode number 31 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. This week, once again, we are bringing you a special guest, somebody that I have been, you know, having conversations with, talking to on Twitter for a long, long time. She's a very big sports aficionado. She is somebody that I have enjoyed having sports conversations with. And I had the privilege of interviewing her and bringing some of that insight to you guys. But before we get into that, if you haven't subscribed already, wherever you're listening from, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, welcome. And I know there's so many other podcasts out there that you could be listening to, but you chose me. So I appreciate that. My guest today, if you follow the digital media, social media, if you're all into branding, you probably follow her on Twitter. She goes by Rowan. I'm very, very excited to present this interview to you guys. We talked about different things about the life at Complex. Previously at BuzzFeed, she has written many articles. And I also talked about the many things that you've seen in the NBA playoffs, VAR, the football world. But with no further ado, guys, I don't want to keep you waiting anymore. Let's just get right into this interview. Rowan from Complex Magazine. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. I love that you said my name the Spanish slash Arabic way. <laughs> well, <Go on. laughs> well, of course, you know, hey, I like to make sure I pronounce people's names right because you know how it feels when people butcher your name. So, oh, I, yeah, all the time. <laughs> I had to make sure that was great. Oh, man. Once thank again, you, you know, I, I want to thank you for, you know, giving me this opportunity to sit down with you and talk about some sports. I know you've been a very avid sports fan for the five years I've been following you on Twitter. It's been an amazing, <laughs> yeah. amazing journey, even though you didn't notice that. But for me, it was just amazing because you... <laughs> no, you make... I didn't know we followed each other for that long. I knew you followed me. I didn't know for five years. I was like, wow. Yeah, that that's was what... my BS for five years? Okay. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> you know, just, just like I was talking to you off the recording before we started, um, I started following you during the 2014 World Cup, and I noticed that you were a big Messi fan. So, of course, I mean, oh, yeah. what would be a better lead than that? Tell us about that. How do you come to love Messi? Oh, man. Okay, so um, my uncles are all Barcelona fans. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I started watching Barcelona when I was young. So soccer is huge in my family, but everyone just... My dad doesn't really have a favorite team. He just watches a lot of soccer. So I used to watch soccer with him all the time. And, of course, like... Watching Real Madrid and Barcelona is a big deal. So when I was younger, my dad would watch Barcelona and Real Madrid all the time. And I loved watching both teams. I always thought, and still to this day, I always say La Liga is more exciting to me than any other league. Mm -hmm. um, and it's because of those two teams. So eventually it was like, I have to pick one of these teams. And I picked Barcelona, not because of Messi, actually, because of Ronaldinho. Because I started watching Ronaldinho was on the team. Right. And I loved him because he looked so happy playing. Like, his, like, his passion for the sport was so infectious. He just looked like he was having so much fun out there all the time. Um, and it just made me want to be a fan of him. And then, of course, a few years later, Messi came to the team. And seeing Messi and Ronaldinho together was, like, the most beautiful thing. And if you root for Barcelona, it's hard not to become the biggest Messi fan in the world because you're just 
the way I look at it is I'm so lucky I get to root for him. I'm so lucky he plays for my team because he truly is the best player I've ever seen in my life. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I would tend to agree with you on that because uh, many, yeah. of my, many of my fans know this as well. Those who follow the podcast, I make very concise and very strong statements about how I feel about many things. And I've always said without a shadow of a doubt that Lionel Messi is the greatest player I have ever, ever seen. And including those that yeah. I haven't seen, I think Messi's still the best ever. And, you know, and it's quite interesting to have someone that thinks the same way as you do. You know, speaking of that, you know, the statement that we made about Messi, uh, I would say January or June 14th, rather, 2018, you wrote an article for Complex Magazine, the company you work for now. And it says even though Messi doesn't win the World Cup, that he still considers the greatest ever. Now, I've said this openly in public with my own explanations. Mm -hmm. But can you elaborate that for us? Tell us why you think that. Yeah, so I feel like we put, and I'm not just saying this because Messi has never won a World Cup, but mm -hmm. I always felt that we put too much stock in a player's legacy in World Cup trophies because at the end of the day, um, you play for your country. So it's not like a team like Barcelona or a club where you can you know, trade players, buy players, sell players. You are basically at the mercy of whoever has the same ethnicity as you. Absolutely. And sometimes people just don't play well together. And the way I look at it is, you know, Messi made it to a World Cup final with that Argentina squad. And when they got to that final, half of them were injured and they're playing this German machine team and they took them to extra time, which is incredibly impressive. And I know a lot of people say, oh, well, Messi only scored in group stage. Yeah, but Messi was involved directly in every single goal that Argentina scored in that World Cup run. Every right. single one. He either created or assisted the goal. And he got them out of group stage in first place, which set them up in a beautiful part of the bracket. Because if, he, if they came out of that group in second, they would have, I think, had to play like, um, not Spain, Spain didn't make it. They would have had to play, I think, I forgot what team, maybe it was Brazil, like mm -hmm. very early on. And they could have been, you know, because we saw in this past World Cup, they came in second in their group, Croatia came in first, and they had to play France in like the first knockout In the first stage. knockout stage, right. Like, and they almost yeah, won that. So, Wasn't it for defensive lapses? And they lapses? almost won. Yeah. And I think if you look at it like, I look at it like this, no shade to Fernando Torres, whatever, because Fernando Torres is an amazing player in his time. Fernando Torres has a World Cup because he he's of Spanish descent. He didn't really do much in that Spain run when they won in 2010, but he still gets a World Cup trophy. So are you going to tell me that Fernando Torres is a better player than Leo Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo because he has a World Cup and they don't? Because that just doesn't make sense to me. Absolutely. And and that, that to me, that argument, when I was actually, you know, just looking up, you know, just to inform myself a little bit more deeper about, you know, your history and whatnot. I saw when, when you wrote that article and I read it to the completeness. And of course, like, my, pod, like my podcast, I... I tend to want to elaborate more statistics. And I was reading through the st st statistics, right? I can never pronounce that word properly. The stats. <laughs> and um, yeah. everything that you put in the article was just spot on because statistically, I Lionel Messi fact. is just... <laughs> I, came with I came with facts. Like, not to cut you off, but when people mm -hmm. say Pele won with one World Cup, yeah, Pele won a World Cup when there was only eight teams in the World Cup. Exactly. Like... I, Maradona won a World Cup. Everyone makes fun of the hand of God. Well, and again, no shoot to Maradona. He's one of the greatest soccer players of all time. He single-handedly won Argentina a World Cup. But like everyone acknowledges that he used his hand. He cheated and they won. So right. you're telling me 
if Messi cheated, you you would all be accepting of his World Cup title. I don't think that's the case. I think that we like to, um, I, I think we look at past players and we give them a lot of like revisionist history. Like it's kind of similar to the way people talk about the Jordan era. Like Michael Jordan, of course, is amazing. Won six straight finals essentially because mm-hmm. the two finals um, in between he was retired. But like Jordan had an amazing team. They clicked, they played together very, very well. Everyone knows that, you know, those players on that team contributed to it. It wasn't Jordan single-handedly leading them to the finals. Right, absolutely. Um, But we always, like, revolutionize that when we talk about LeBron because we compare the fact that Jordan never lost the final to the fact that LeBron has lost multiple finals. And I'm like, but when you talk about their play, when we talk about the greatest player of all time or the greatest player right now, we're talking about the way that they play. We're not talking about trophies. We're talking about how good you play. And as far as Messi is concerned, he has taken his, his country to three different finals. Three different finals. Right. And the fact that he didn't win those finals is not all on him. Like, you have to put some of the blame on Higuain and Aguero and the coaches. You know, there. and it's I was just about him. to say that. I was just about to say that. Sarcastically, I tell many people, man, if Higuain had, you know, two right foot, he probably put one of those goals in the back of the net and we'll have a completely different conversation. Yeah. You know, and the first paragraph oh, that you yeah. mentioned in your article where you talked about if Messi happened to go play for Spain, which he had the absolute chance to do, and he won the 2010 World yeah. Cup, would the narrative for him change? Would he be a different player? And that's that's key for me because I've always had this, uh, I wouldn't say hate because hate is probably strong. It, it, it agitated me when people would say, oh, well, well, you have to play with what you have. I'm like, okay. So you're telling me if Messi didn't, if Messi played on the 1994 Brazil team or the 1998 Brazil team, 2002 Brazil team, wouldn't you think yeah. he would have three World Cups too? Like, I mean, come on. Well, this is what I think about often is if you look at the 2002 Brazil team, they had Ronaldo and Ronaldinho on the same damn team. Exactly. Like, do people not understand how that's like Cristiano Ronaldo and Leo Messi being on the same team? Like, that's insane. Absolutely. Or when you think about 2010 Spain. You have, like, your defense is Carlos Puyo, Gerard Pique, and Sergio Ramos all in their prime. In their or, like, prime. Your midfield is Iniesta, Xavi, and Sergio Busquets in their prime. Like, that is an amazing, amazing exactly. lineup. I mean, Not you can... Mention, those you, guys also play together on the club level. So they already know the way they all work. Messi and Argentina as a whole, none of those players play together on the club level. None of right. them, except for Messi and Mascherano, who are two completely different positions. Exactly. So, you know, I, I like I always say, you know, you bring up these good points, you know, the, the statistics are there. You can't dispute them. Whether you like it or not, they're there. The facts. And Messi statistically holds most of every record in football you can think about. You know, he's played less games than most people. He breaks all these records. But yes, let's just hold it against him because he didn't win a World Cup. Okay, sure. That, that... I just think that's an excuse to find something. I honestly feel it's like we have to find something to talk about with him. So let's talk about the fact he doesn't have a World Cup. I right. feel like that's all it is. Exactly. And, you know, that's something quite interesting for me to know, you know, your viewpoint about that and for the listeners to understand, like, hey, I'm not the only quote unquote crazy one that's saying this all the time. But uh, you I know, think every Messi fan would say this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All the same. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to, you know, switch over a bit to something that's more personal to you. You Before you came to Complex Magazine, you were working at BuzzFeed. And, yes. you know, I, I just really was intrigued to know, you know, how that transition went between BuzzFeed and Complex Magazine. Because to me, no slight to BuzzFeed. But if I look at this is my personal opinion, if I look at the ranks of the places you work at, you know, I would want to <laughs> work at Complex because to me, Complex is just, oh, my gosh, you're working for Complex. So but you covered many areas in your career <laughs> for these two companies. So how 
what made the decision for you to go from one to the other? Um, well, it's funny when I was working at BuzzFeed or when I applied to BuzzFeed, I had applied for a completely different position mm -hmm. that I didn't get. And BuzzFeed is so socially driven that they have kind of looked at my social media presence and they saw that I was a really big sports fan. Right. And they were looking to revive their sports channels because they had, when they first launched all their social, they created BuzzFeed Sports, but no one had ever posted on it. No one had ever run it, anything. So they wanted a new, fresh voice. And they basically gave me the opportunity to run BuzzFeed Sports, like launch it, completely revitalize it. And that was really, really exciting for me because it was my chance to have creative control over a brand. Mm -hmm. um, and we had a lot of fun with it. I, you know, I was watching every game of every sport, even sports I don't really follow, like hockey, um, just to make sure that I was covering every single area that I could to get fans engaged. And then, you know, after a year, BuzzFeed kind of restructured the company a little bit and decided that they didn't want to put so much stock in sports and wanted to move me to a different team. But I had really grown BuzzFeed Sports to something really great, had made a lot of connections in the sports field that I thought to myself, you know, um, I want to continue with this. And it just so happened that I had a few friends that worked at Complex and I went out to dinner with one of them one night and I was telling her, you know, they don't really want to do sports at BuzzFeed anymore. I don't know if I want to stay there. I might start looking for something else. And she had told her boss who was actually looking for someone to run complex sports. And he messaged me literally the next day because he followed me on Twitter. He saw how big of a fan I was, how much work I did for Buzzfeed, um, how committed I was to it. And within a few weeks, basically they had me hired. And from then on, I am now in my third role at Complex. I awesome. kept moving departments. Yeah. And every time it was a promotion, it was a really, really great opportunity. Um, I always tell people like working at Complex is like one of the best things you can do for your career because it teaches you so much and you learn so much. And they really give you the opportunity to move around to different departments and promotions and stuff like that. Well, that's that's awesome, man. And, and for me, you know. I like to focus on sports because, you know, it's a sports podcast, but I also like my listeners to know, you know, that hard works and, and things that you do outside of sports, you would say, is mm -hmm. what makes you and puts you in the positions you are in life as well. You know, you have to make a commitment to, you know, to working hard. And it's like a parallel to, to sports. You know, all the great players, they have to work hard to be where they're at. So, you know, I commend you for working hard and, and being where you are now. It's amazing to see. Thank you so much absolutely absolutely and it's all about the hustle of course of course and you know you you live in new york and you know we you know how new york is new york is all about the speed and all about the hustle <laughs> so you you fit well there so rowan let me talk about this with you okay Some, something else that has been on my mind and i want my listeners to hear about this you tweeted a couple days ago that var might be the worst thing ever created <laughs> tell me Oh my god. <laughs> Why? I just feel like VAR is used in the most sporadic ways and I just feel like it's so inconsistent. If it was consistent, I would be so for it. It reminds me a lot of like the first of all, I only tweeted that because I was really mad that Sterling's um goal was called back because that was an amazing goal and an amazing game and I hated the game ended as a result of VAR. Right. Um I also love Pep Guardiola so much so I was low-key rooting for Manchester City because of how much I love him mm -hmm. but um, it's like the handball rule I feel like referees never know when to call a handball and they just call it sporadically and I feel like that's what they're doing with VAR they're calling back goals so sporadically that I just feel like it almost should be in the moment and I'm kind of salty 
because I think a lot about the um, final in 2014, was it 2014? 2014 between Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. Yes. Um, where Sergio Ramos hit the header in like the 93rd minute. And I was like, had VAR existed then, Real Madrid would have never won their Champions League. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, you were right. Because the year after, they would have never won either. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, they, they probably... I, I mean, we probably shouldn't talk because Gareth Bale has had so many goals called offside during Classicos. I just feel like the refs in Spain hate Gareth Bale. Right. But I do feel like VAR scares me because um, I'm just like worried about the next Champions League game between Barcelona and Liverpool. And I'm so afraid that VAR is going to screw over my team. Right. You, you know, I, I feel you. You know, if I look at it as a as a fan, I'm just like, yeah, VAR, please don't don't even come into play. Please. Don't screw my team. That's all I care about. Don't yeah, exactly, exactly. And but to, but to me, you know, I have a different opinion about that. Is because I think VAR is good for the sport. But the, the one thing I agree one thousand percent with you, I think they use it sporadically because most yeah. people who didn't watch that game between Man City, if you guys didn't know, she's referring to the Man City Tottenham game that ended like one hundred and fifty to like one hundred and fifty one. That's what the game was yeah, about. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, please go watch it. It's yes, amazing. Please, it's, if, if you if you do not love football and you watch this game, trust me, you'll fall in love with it forever. But besides the point, there were so many calls and so many plays that in the first half, the, it seems like the referee ignored it. But then the second half, everything went to VAR. And that, to me, that's the inconsistency of it. I love it as a technology, but we need to put more emphasis on what needs, how and what it needs to be used for. Just like you said, oh, sometimes cool. it's the handball, okay. and then sometimes it's not, and then sometimes the referee's discretion. They need to get it right. But I really wanted your take on it because when I saw the tweet, I'm like, man, she must be mad at that. <laughs> I know, and I'm not even a fan of either team, and I'm just sitting there like, oof! Imagine if you were a Manchester City fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know a couple, and they were really heartbroken. Absolutely, and I, I mean, I would be too. I would be too. But hey, lucky yeah, for me, totally. my team's still in it. You know, speaking yeah. of, speaking of VAR and speaking of replays, we know this is the NBA has been using replay for a couple of years now. How have you been paying attention to the NBA playoffs? You know, how do you feel about oh, what's sorry. going on? Um, yeah, the, I feel like I don't tweet about basketball as much as I tweet about soccer, only because I um, am a Knicks fan and there's nothing to tweet about because we're terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, like, absolutely terrible. Like, there's no other way. I went to a Knicks game a few weeks ago. I don't know why. And I was like, wow, this, we're really bad. Like, this team is just terrible. Well, I can't say anything because yeah, I'm a Laker fan and we haven't made the playoffs since oh, 2000 and whenever. So, <laughs> you're a Lakers and a Barcelona fan. What a parody! Yes, yes, yes. This is not the first time I've heard that. It's okay. I live with it. I live with it. But yeah, so for you, for you, what what do you think is going to go on? You think you know Golden State is going to win the championship again per default, or do you? Think I something um, don't different? think they are. Okay. <laughs> I don't think they are. I honestly think it's going to be Houston. Oh, so you're taking the field then? Yeah, I am because I think. With um, the Warriors, they're just there's something that's not clicking, and I almost feel like they're just not as hungry as they have been the last few years. Yeah. Um, and I do. I'm not gonna lie. I do feel like part of their hunger came from the Cavs rivalry that they had, or I should just call LeBron rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know when they came, like it was all about beating LeBron. Like they can say it was otherwise. It was all about beating LeBron. And now that he's not in it, I don't feel like anyone in the. E- I feel like if the Warriors go to the finals the win because I don't think anyone in the East can take them. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like they have the hunger or the drive to make it to the finals this year. And I would not I mean, they lost terribly in the first two games. 
And yep. I wouldn't put it past them to lose, honestly, even in the second round, not even make it to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, That's you know, just my opinion. Yeah, you know, something that you just brought up, you know, just triggered something in my mind. You know, if you look at it, if you never watch the NBA, you literally start watching it this year, you would think Golden State is just a, you know, they're a good team, but not a championship team based on how they've been playing. But it's not the same Warriors as the last two, ab- absolutely. three years we've seen. But then you see the statistic that I saw yesterday. They said the Golden State Warriors are 17, actually now 19 and 3 in the first round. And you would think, oh man, they switched it on in the playoffs and they would win. But I will point this out to anybody who would look at that statistic. And maybe you haven't seen it, but I'll mention it to everybody to know and the listeners know. That 31 point loss that they gave up, ironically, a 3 1, you know, you guys get the joke. 3 1 joke. They lost a 31 point lead. It is so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> it, to me, it for, so for me, it will forever be the funniest thing. They lost a <laughs> no, 30... No, the fact that they blew a 31-point lead, like, is so funny to me. Exactly. You know, it, it just happened to be... You know, by the way, guys, if you didn't know, Steph Curry, the day before that game, he tweeted, oh, Tiger Woods, when Tiger Woods won the Masters, he tweeted, oh, greatest comeback in sports history. And then the next day, they go and lose a 31-point lead after they blew... A 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals. Like, that will forever be the joke in sports. But my point being is, with that statistic, is that Golden State never gives up double-digit leads at home at all to anybody in any year. And this year, they've been giving up 20-point leads a lot, including at home. So, to your point, if they lose to Houston, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. And to I me... Mean- I feel like Houston has something to play for. They don't have a championship. Um, I feel like Chris Paul at this stage in his career mm-hmm. wants one so badly that he is not, especially after what happened. Was it last year when he got injured and couldn't play and they ended up losing? Yes. Or was that the year before? No, that was last yeah, year. When they lost. Year, yeah. He definitely come back with some hunger. And I think James Harden wants it really bad. Um, I would love, my dream is for OKC to win it because I would love to see Russell Westbrook holding up an NBA trophy. Well, as a Russell Westbrook fan, yeah, you saw you saw what happened last happen. night. They're gonna have to win through. They're gonna have to pull the Cavaliers to beat the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, they're not going. Yeah, so they're not I, going I yet, but it's okay. I think I think you you know unlike your prediction, I think Golden State Warriors are actually going to win because unless I see them actually lose, that's when I'm going to believe somebody's going to beat them. But right now, oh. but right now, I think a lot of things are working not working in their favor. Because, like you said, Houston has, you know, all the firepower that they've had for a lot of years. James Harden is playing. And actually, I think he's the front runner for MVP. How do you feel about that? Makes sense to me. Um, I know everyone kind of makes fun of, like, his stat line, you know, going like 0 for 15 mm-hmm. regularly. But um, I'm not mad about it because as long as you're not being a ball hog, <laughs> as long as you're not alienating the rest of your team, I feel like you should be able to take as many shots as you think it'll take to win the game. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I know that's an unpopular opinion. Absolutely. So you think, do you think he should win the MVP ahead of Giannis for regular season MVP at least? Um, I think so. You think so? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think, again, I here is where I disagree with you again. But again, this is how it is. We have differences of opinions. I think yeah, Giannis... I mean, I wouldn't be mad at Giannis winning it. I love Giannis. I wouldn't be mad at him winning it. Yeah, I just I think... feel like Harden's probably going to win a trophy, not Giannis. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just think, you know, Giannis has had the best team from beginning to end and how MVPs have been voted for the past 15 years. 
that would be the requirement and i think Giannis would win but like you said eventually i would think if james harden would trade in a regular season mvp for nba championship absolutely so that that would be that would be great for the houston Rockets. so one more thing i wanted to well do you think before you go on yeah do you think though that harden will get the finals mvp if they win or do you think it'll go to chris paul i think you know what if from what i've been watching the past couple years um if the Rockets do get to the NBA Finals, which is highly likely, like we've been talking about, and I, I think some of my listeners have been saying that for the whole playoffs as well, I think that Harden probably would get the MVP just because he'll have to share volume of shots and he'll probably have a bigger impact on the game. Because if you realistically think about it, James Harden has had the highest usage in basketball in the last like 50 years. So the ball will be his hand. So if... Houston wins the NBA championship, it probably would be mostly in his hands. Figuratively and literally. So I think he would win the MVP. Okay. Yeah, because I think I think he would I think he would average about thirty seven and seven and Chris Paul would probably average <laughs> like twenty twenty five and ten maybe. So I don't know. Like it's it's I don't know. sometimes we say something and then when the games happen we see something completely different. So I don't know how it's gonna be, but I'll make that That's educated good. guess that James Harden would win the MVP. Okay. Yep. So I, I just want to, again, travel over to something personal. And again, I want my listeners to understand and s- see where you got and how you got to this position. Of course, you have advice for those who are trying to make it in the industry of sports because if you look at your history, you've been dealing a lot with social media. I mean, you interact with a lot of, you know, I assume famous people that people want to get to know. And for you to get to those positions, you have to work hard. So what type of advice do you have for especially young women who are trying to make it there where you are now? Um, I think the, you know, I get asked this question a lot, especially by like the younger women I even work with here. Mm -hmm. Um, And my biggest advice is it's so cliche, but it's just to hustle you know, when I was first coming into this industry, I was working in television production and I would go home and watch games and I would write articles and pitch them to any website who would take them. And I would work on building my Twitter presence because I realized that a lot of jobs were looking for that. Even my job at BuzzFeed was looking for that. So I really tried to put in as many hours as I could doing the things that I was passionate about build a brand for myself that people associated me with a certain topic. You know, when they were looking for someone to run sports like BuzzFeed was, they would come to me. Or when Compos was looking to build their sports site, they would come to me. Um, And I feel like a lot of stock is put into social media, but I think a lot of times people use it the wrong way. They think being an influencer is what's going to get them further. And I don't necessarily think you need to be an influencer, but I do think that you need to make your passions known and that it's really important to just put in the work. Absolutely. That's, you know, that's, again, it's it's uh, amazing to know that no matter how many people you ask that question, the key and the most common thing that they say is to work hard. You know, as much as people say it's a cliche, that's what it is. It's so cliche, but it's, that's all you have to do. Yeah, you really have to work hard. You know, without hard work, you, your, your, your work won't pay off, rather. So, again, you know, I want to thank you for sharing out that advice to the listeners. I'm sure they will appreciate it. Thank you for always, you know, making sure you make people understand that Messi is the greatest of all time. 
because you, <laughs> you can't not say that enough. <laughs> Actually, no, that you... should be that should be like a banner on Twitter. That's what it should. Oh, be. go look at what my banner is on Twitter, please. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> yes, please. Yes, guys, you need to do that. <laughs> go look at my banner on Twitter. Trust me, it it, it captures the essence of who I am as a person. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm going to give you 15 to 20 seconds. And you tell everybody your social media handles and let them know where they can follow you. <laughs> okay. So my Twitter is just my name. It's at Rowan, R-A-W-A-N. And my Instagram is at it's Rowan E. My last name begins with letter E. So, yeah, follow me and we can chat more. There you go, guys. Thank you <laughs> so much for your time. Thank I you appreciate so it. much for having me on. Absolutely. So go Barcelona, go Messi. Let's win this Champions League. Woo! <laughs> All right. Ah, I want to thank Rowan one more time for lending her time. I know she's very busy at Complex Magazine with all the things she has going on right now. But I appreciate the insight she has given me and given you guys as well listening to the podcast. Uh, one more time, we reach another milestone. Guys, episode number 31. But before I let you go, remember... The giveaways that I've been talking about for weeks is finally coming to fruition. So we'll be posting those so you can leave your comments and the instructions for you to win yourself a Statman t-shirt and a hat and also a bundle package. So pay attention to those. If you haven't already subscribed, do that on iTunes, Spotify or Google Play, wherever you're listening from. And that's all for today, guys. So for right now, Statman signing out, baby. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.